Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to 2 Timothy chapter 1? There's one other announcement tonight, and that is water baptism is coming up real quick. February 4th. If you have not been water baptized, that's the day. That's the day to get water baptized. Why wait any longer? The Bible is clear. Repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's happening right here, February 4th. That's a Sunday at 6 p.m. You can sign up after the service. It's free to get baptized. We're not charging you. So take advantage of the opportunity. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about, about you, about you being you. We're going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stir up the gift of God which is in you. You know, we can all sit and admire and desire the gift of God which is in someone else. And I want to encourage us tonight to focus on and cherish the gift of God which is in us. The gift of God which is in you. That you'd hear the call of the Spirit, the call in the Word for you to develop the gift of God which is in you. That you would hone it, you would sharpen it, you would give attention to it, that you would honor it. God wants us to stir up the gift He has given us. God wants you to stir up the gift He has given you. Or the gift that He has given you. You know, if we get too focused on what others have and what we don't have or what we aren't, it will hinder us, consume us, cripple us, and we will never be all that God has made us to be. If we get too wrapped up, too focused on what other people have, we're always looking to what someone else has, the gift or the talent that God has given them, the giftings that God has given them, the ministry that the Lord has opened up to them, whatever that might look like, the life that God has opened up to them. If we're too focused on that, we're never, ever going to fulfill what God has called us to fulfill. This is a great trap of the enemy. You see, there is a great fight against you being you. And you might say that sounds crazy, but there is this fight going on. The enemy does not want you to be who God created you to be. The enemy does not want you to tap into the gift of God inside of you. He would rather you get focused on what somebody else has Complain about what you have. Long for what somebody else has. Not honor what he's given you. So what comes to cripple us? Number one tonight, a spirit of fear. What a killer. A spirit of fear. Fear that your gifting isn't enough. Fear 
that the gift of God in you is inferior. Fear that the gift of God in you won't be accepted. Fear that the gift of God in you will hang you out to dry. You see, the enemy wants to get in your head and in your heart with the sole intent of stealing, killing, and destroying the gift of God in you. If he can get you to lock it up because of fear, he will do all he can to see it through. To see you never stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. He'll come at you with fear. He'll come at you with those those questions, those doubts, like my gift is not enough. It's not good enough. It's inferior to what other people have. It's not enough to see me through. It's not important. It won't be accepted. The enemy's desire is to see us never stir up the gift of God that has been placed in us. Never stir it up for kingdom purpose. Fear will cripple, will cripple us. Number two tonight, weakness. You know, God has not given us a spirit of weakness. The Word says that God has given us a spirit of power. So you know what this word power means? It means inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Power for performing miracles. Moral power and excellence of soul. The power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. Power and resources arising from numbers. It speaks of power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, hosts. Now, if there is a spirit of weakness in us, it is not of the Lord. Plain and simple tonight, if there is a spirit of weakness in us, it's not of the Lord. If there is a spirit of weakness in us, it has not been placed there by God because the Word says, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not, that's what it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Can we receive that word tonight? So if there's a spirit of weakness inside of us, it's not not from God. And let's not label it like it is from God. Or think that it is from God or buy into some lie from the enemy that it is from God, because the word clearly says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. God doesn't come to put a spirit of fear inside of any person. That's not his desire. Number three, hate. That comes to cripple us. Now, this might sound strange, but hate comes to cripple us. Simple definition of hate is dislike something, distaste for something, something hated. Imagine actually getting to the place where you dislike the gift of God in you. Where you actually come to the place in your life, in your walk with the Lord, where you dislike the gift of God that has been placed in you. 
you dislike the talent, you dislike the mode, the function, you dislike what God's given you. It's not enough, Lord. I would have picked differently. Can I exchange it for something else? Coming to the place in our walk, in our relationship with God, our function in the kingdom, where we actually dislike the gift he's placed inside of us. It's almost unthinkable, but because of many things, some find themselves right here. The lie of the enemy comes. Self-judgment. Ridicule from others. Again, envious, jealous of someone else's gift. And so we actually come to the place in our walk with the Lord where we dislike, we hate our gift. We hate what the Lord's put inside of us. And so people actually come to the point where they hate the gift of God. And we're going to drill this in tonight, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I trust we can hear that tonight. It says he's given us a spirit of love. Do you love the gift that God's put in you? Do you love the giftings God has given you? Because what you do with them tells us, or will tell you rather, if you love it or not. Our response, our outlook on what God's given us, that clearly shows us whether we have a spirit of love concerning it or we have this spirit of fear or this spirit of hate towards it or dislike. When you look at your life, do you love what God's given you? Because that's where true freedom lies. Man, it's going to be a miserable walk with the Lord for you if you hate what God's given you. It's going to be rough the whole way through. You're going to feel unfulfilled because you're not fulfilling. You're not acting out of, you're not living out of the very thing God has put inside of you. You're not being who God created you to be. You're trying to be something else, something that God never created you to be. That's a frustrated existence. A spirit of hate for your gift comes from the pit of hell. If you hate what you have, you hate what God's given you, that comes straight from the pit of hell. I don't care how it got there. It originates in the pit of hell. It's, it's not of the Lord. God wants us to love and cherish and honor what he's placed inside of us. Because he loves it and he cherishes it. And you know what? He honors it. He wants us to live out of it and function out of it. That spirit of hate for your gift, you know, it's a disease, and if it's not dealt with immediately, it will infect and consume not only you, but others also. It infects those around us. Number four, what else comes to cripple us? An unsound mind. 
2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 in the Amplified. This is why I would remind you to stir up, listen to these words, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. The inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. But those are the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, craving or cringing and falling fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Again, the New King James Version, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So tonight, we have to get our minds out of other people's gifts and callings, talents, and all. We can admire them and thank God for them. But we have to keep our head about us. Thank God for the gifts that other people have. We can admire them, but we don't become envious and jealous. We don't get to the point where we're so focused on what somebody else has that we can't even focus on what God's given us. There are some people that are so focused on what God has given other people or given another place, they can't even function. They can't even work out of what God's given them. It just lays dormant. They don't stir it up. They don't fan it into flame. They're longing for what somebody else has rather than, rather than thanking God for what they have. We can get all wrapped up with the gift of God and somebody else, but let's be who God has called us to be and further the kingdom. You know, we actually hinder what God wants to do in us, with us, and through us if we get wrapped up in what others have and what others are and what others are doing. It's time that we let all that God has put in us come out. The message reads, that precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is. Handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice, and now to you. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. I want to say tonight, what you have is special. Keep it ablaze. What you have is of the Lord. <laughs> Keep it ablaze. Therefore, I remind you tonight to stir up the gift of God which is in you. You know, we could add a number five. It's someone else's job to do the stirring. You see, it said, like Paul ended the argument right there. He said, you stir it up. But what happens is the enemy comes, and it's like, no, it's somebody else's job to stir up the gift inside of me. It's somebody else's job to bring it to life, to fan it into flame. But the Bible is extremely clear right here. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. You see, I have to stir up the gift of God which is in me. You're responsible to stir up the gift of God which is inside of you. Now, we can encourage one another. 
push each other forward, and be there for one another. But the truth is, each one of us, we have to make a decision. What are we going to do with the gift of God which is inside of us? Are we going to stir it up? Or are we going to sit down and wait for somebody else to come and stir the pot? You know what I'm talking about. It's your fire. Again, other people can encourage and exhort. It's our job. Stir up the gift which is inside, inside you. Stir up the gift that's in you. You know, some are all stirred up because of what someone else has in them. And I know I keep repeating this, but it's a trap of the enemy. And therefore, ours, we get so wrapped up in what somebody else has that ours simply exists within or remains unstirred in state and function. You know, time goes on and the years go by and we get old. I don't know if that's news to anybody here tonight. It's just the way it is. I felt real old this last week. <laughs> I'm not even that old, but I took a guitar in to get fixed. And it's a silly little story. The guy called and said, the guitar's fixed. And he started talking about it, and I was thinking about, you oh, know, maybe trade it in, get something else. And then you look at the year. He got that guitar in 1997. And he said, wow, that thing's vintage already. And you just, it hits, you know. <clears throat> you feel it. So we'll keep that one. I just want to encourage us tonight, run with what God has placed in you and use that for the kingdom, not trying to be something you aren't. Why? Because we need you to be who you are, not who you want to be. You know, God needs you to be who you are, not who you want to be. How many prayers have we prayed, God, this is what I want to be? Now, we can sow into things, and God can do a miracle. God can do anything he wants. He can add gift upon gift, and he does that. He opens new doors, new opportunities. But God has given us things. He's deposited things inside of us, and he desires that we would be who he has created us to be. The truth, for some, who you want to be is out of reach. Maybe that's the first time you've ever heard this in your life because your parents told you you can be anything you want to be. And I knew people like that growing up, peers, their parents. You're good. You're great at everything. And it's like, no, you're not. You're actually terrible at what your mom just told you you're good at. Like, did you listen? It was horrible. But their parents, total injustice to the child. That was fantastic. And so they set their child up for failure once again. But pretty soon we grow up and we know if we're bad or not. Well, still some have trouble with that. But here's the truth. For some, who you want to be is out of reach. Why? Here's a good godly answer. Because God never intended you to be anything other than what you are. That's why it's out of reach. God didn't desire that you'd be that. So it's out of reach. That's why he knit you the way 
He knits you and wired you the way He wired you. So are we going to live a frustrated Christian life trying to be what we were never intended to be? Or can we just fall into that freedom where we are exactly who we're supposed to be? 1 Corinthians 12, verses 15 to 20, it says, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? I mean, think about it tonight. If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members. Isn't that beautiful? God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Can we receive this tonight? Like let it set us free from fear. Let it raise us from weakness. Let it turn us from hate and let it save us from an unsound mind. You know, I believe the Lord wants to heal some people. I know the Lord wants to heal a lot of people in this generation because we've fallen into this trap of the enemy where we're not using what God has given us. Instead, we're so focused on what God's given somebody else. This is not a new tactic of the enemy. He's used it throughout history up till this point. And what it does is it causes us to just leave what God's given us and never stir it up. Never use it. And instead we get to the point where we're frustrated in our walk with the Lord. We don't know where we belong. We don't know how to function in church. We get ticked off because we're not being used the way we want to be used. And pretty soon, what? We're out on our own. I mean, that's the extreme end of things. But some get to that point. They're trying to be something they're not. Something they were never intended to be. Now, this is not a harsh word. This is a beautiful thing because what God has given you, what he has given each one of us, is absolutely precious. And he wants us to be who he's created us to be. Nothing else. Nobody else. I believe for some, for too long, you've been wrapped up in the gift of God and others are perhaps in another place. Maybe in another place. And it's greatly and deeply affected you. I want to read Psalm 139, verses 13 to 18. For you did form my inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. I will confess and praise you, for you are fearful and wonderful. For the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works, and that my inner self knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you and I was being formed in secret and intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors. Wow. In the depths of the earth, the region of darkness and mystery, your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book all the days of my life were written before 
ever they took shape. When as yet there was none of them. How precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awoke, could I count to the end, I would still be with you. You know, let the God colors in you come out. Make those your new favorite colors tonight. What God's put inside of you, what he's gifted you, what he's taken time to knit into you. Cherish the gift of God in you and thank him for the gift that he has placed in you. Thank him for a spirit of courage and boldness. And maybe that's our new confession tonight. Because instead, we've been plagued by the spirit of weakness that is not from the Lord. And so, we must speak in line with what his word says. That he does not give us a spirit of fear. Does not give us the spirit of weakness, of timidity. He's giving us a spirit of courage and boldness. Thank him for that spirit of power. Thank him for that, wow, spirit of love. That God, I love what you've given me. You see, things would change real quick if we'd begin to thank God for what he's given us instead of, you know, not in these words, but complaining about what he hasn't. Like we're always asking him for something else or always talking about something else. It's always about somebody else. Instead of just saying, God, thank you for what you put inside of me. And I'm going to do the best I can with it. I'm going to love it, and I'm going to cherish it. Thank you, God, for the way you've made me. Now, I've probably shared this before, you know, in the Word. It talks about how we long for the courts of the Lord, and you know that line, even to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. And we sing words like that, and we tell God we mean them, and then it's like, man, if that's my gifting, wow, that's terrible. Or if that's the first place where God puts us? Really? You want me to keep the door? Like, what kind of a gift is that? See, but the church needs it. It's a beautiful thing when people function. And I thank God. You think about this church on Sundays, those that, you know, we understand the ministry's outside of here. We don't need to talk about that right now. But let's just talk about function in the church. Those that are okay with being an usher. That's a gifting. That's a function. They can function in that. I thank God there's some that have been ushers for 25 years or 30 years in this church. And on the other hand, there's some that have sat in this church for two years or five years and all they've done is complained about what God's given them. Instead of just starting to work. Thank God for every children's worker. God has gifted some people to work with children and he's not gifted others. <laughs> And I could probably tell you stories about those that wanted to be children's workers and they just simply should not be children's workers. 
God never intended them to be children's workers. Now, some people are more gifted than others. It's just the way it is. You know, we don't get all ticked off outside of church that some are more gifted than us, but it's like we get into church and all of a sudden if somebody's more gifted, God, what in the world did you do? You gave them everything and you gave me nothing. And God say, no, I gave you exactly what I wanted to give you. And if you just focus on that and develop it and cherish it and love it and begin to function out of it, what I will do with what I put in you will blow your mind. And you might only see a small stage right now, if we can even use that term. But what God's going to do is he's going to expand it. And you will be blown away by how many people will be impacted. For the glory of God. Because you cherished what God gave you. Because you loved what God gave you. The special gift in you, just keep that. Keep that ablaze. We can have the worship team return. I just want to ask tonight, would you take just a moment and look inside? What has God placed in you? What has God placed in you? You see, when God places a gift or gifts in a person, he is specific and he is intentional. He doesn't just drop gifts out of heaven and whoever they land on, they do. How many are thankful for that? I just get this silly picture like if that's how it was. It's like, hey, God, what day are you dropping the gifts? And we'd all be running around elbowing each other in the face to get the best gifts. What we think are the best gifts. You see, God is intentional, and he places in each person exactly what not only they need, but what he needs. And this is really all about serving the king of kings, not self. Although we truly get blessed when we function in what God has given us. And so he's intentional. God has been intentional in placing in you exactly the right thing, and it's time we be intentional with what he has placed in us. Like maybe that's the word tonight. You just need to leave with the word intentional, that whatever God has placed inside of you, God, I need to be intentional with what you have given me. I need to focus on what you've given me. My focus has been somewhere else. But tonight I'm bringing the focus back. Maybe it is fear tonight. Maybe it's weakness. That's the spirit inside of you. Maybe you do hate the gift God's given you. You won't admit it, but maybe you actually have come to the place where you just simply dislike it. And therefore, you're not offering it to God. You're not offering it to the body of Christ. You're not functioning in it because you just don't like it. While you miss out, we miss out, God misses out. So instead, will we choose to choose to love it? Maybe it is an unsound mind. There's just too many things going on inside your head. Maybe it's just laid dormant. It's, it's like you sit there, it's too much to stir it up, too much work, too much effort. I mean, the fire is barely burning. The embers are almost out. 
Would you tonight purpose to rekindle it? Rekindle the embers? Fan the flame? Keep it burning? Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is inside of you. What God's given you is precious. Let's stand tonight. The band's just going to sing this out. Would you just take a moment? You know, I can't make anybody do this, and that's not what this is about, but maybe the Word's really speaking to you tonight. And maybe you are cherishing and loving the gift and the gifts God's given you, but would we just take a moment tonight as the team just sings this out, then we'll close in prayer. Just take a moment and thank God. Just begin to thank God for what He has deposited inside of you. Thank Him for how He has created you. Thank Him for how He has knit you together. Thank Him for the colors that have been woven into you. Just take a moment tonight. Thank you, Lord.